All right. Welcome to the underground. A place to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground. A place to get into the word of God so the word of God can get into you. This is where repentance starts. And who am I? I'm just the voice of one calling out saying repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The underground. In Matthew chapter 3 and verse 1 and 2, it says, In those days, John the Baptist came to the wilderness and began preaching. His message was, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 17, it says, from that time, Jesus began to preach. His message, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In Luke chapter 5 and verse 32, he wrote, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. In Luke chapter 15 and verse 10, it says, In the same way I tell you, there's joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, it says, And Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. In Romans chapter two and verse four, it says, do you ignore the fact that the purpose of God kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? In Revelations three and three, it says, remember then what you receive and heard, keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know what hour I will come against you. In Jeremiah 25, verse four and five, it says, Again and again, again and again, the Lord has sent you his servants, the prophets, but you have not listened or even paid attention. Each time his message was this, repent from the evil road you are traveling and from the evil things you are doing. I say all this to say, I'm not preaching anything new here tonight. I'm just another voice in the wilderness of America, saying repent. Welcome to the underground. Do me a favor, you guys, if you don't mind, take your nutty professor finger and let me know if you hear me good in the, uh, in the comment section. Please do that for me, if y'all don't mind. Or give me a thumbs up. All good? Okay, good, good. Just want to make sure y'all hear me good. All right, man. I hope everybody having a good day. Hope everybody gave God the thanks and got God the praise this morning. Because he deserves it. You know, he really deserves it, y'all. Uh, let me tell y'all why I do those. Uh, I do those scriptures. You know, I try to read all those scriptures. Because y'all know right now, it, it, there's a warfare going on right now. Because the word of God is being preached. So what I do is when I begin before i even begin and before i even get on here there's a lot of things that go into place before i even step onto this podcast you know what i mean but i read those scriptures because what i'm doing is setting up the fortress i'm getting i'm setting up my perimeter so nothing can come in now the word of God, and I'm letting all the enemy, and I'm letting the demons, and I'm letting all the thoughts, and I'm letting all the wicked things that's trying to come in, I'm letting them know, setting up the fortress and letting them know the word is going to be preached now. 
So I lay out that foundation for the atmosphere. So when you come in or anybody who comes in, they already know, okay, this is about the word. So that's why God wants to read those verses to set the momentum so you can understand what you're about to experience. And guess what happens? Just like when a strong army sets up his fortress, you see people who retreat. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? When, when you set up a strong fortress like that, people retreat. Because there's a certain fear that comes over people when you hear the word of God. There's a certain mindset that people are already in when the word of God is coming forth. It's a war going on. And the word of God is so powerful that when it hits the hearts, when it hits the minds of people, just the word of God, don't worry about who's speaking. Don't worry about how they look. The word of God alone, when it hits the minds and hearts of people, if they're not ready, they're going to retreat quickly. Just like when in a war, when a strong army come against somebody and they start, I mean, the bullets start going and bombs start dropping off and they see that they wasn't prepared, they begin to retreat. And that's what God wants. He wants people who is ready to receive his word. Are you ready to receive God's word tonight? Okay, I got a couple of uh, things we just go talk about. And again, we just go flow through the word like we always do. Nothing new here. You know what I mean? Nothing new here. Let me get my stuff ready real quick. Shout out to my beautiful, lovely wife. Who's carrying my beautiful daughter. Shout out to my beautiful wife. Who's carrying my beautiful daughter. She's been the MVP of this team ever since I met her. That's just my opinion. You know, and of course, my opinion don't have any dominion, but that's my humble opinion. So I just want to give a shout out to her and shout out to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And also to all the bishops, the apostles, the evangelists, uh, the prophets and all, every, all the saints around the world. Just want to salute you and say, hey, keep going, keep striving. Now, I, uh, I was talking to some young people. Uh, this week, you know, as I go through our life, I'm always just chopping it up with people and, you know, trying to hear what's going on in the lives of God's people and the hearts of God people. And I heard a couple of young people saying uh, they phones are dry. You know, and, and I, <laughs> uh, when I was talking to him, when one of the cats told me that, I said, your phone dry. I said, what you mean by that? He said, man, don't nobody be hitting me up no more. And it's somebody who uh, I be seeing. Uh, at the barbershop sometimes and you know he's a believer and they're in their 20s and things like that and uh as I was riding home you know God let me know about the situation that the young people are going through and I always 
try to get me to remember how it was when I was young and trying to be in a faith too. Cause I, again, I'm 36 and I got saved when I was 21. So again, you know, I, I, I experienced that war, that tug of this world trying to get at you when you young and in a faith. And I always want to be able to encourage the young people and let them know, man, hey, keep your head up, man. To that young lady out there who's trying to save yourself, keep your head up. I know it's hard, but God wanted me to tell you, let me tell you why your phone dry. Let me tell you why your phone dry. Let me tell you why nobody hitting you up. In 1 John 2 and 16, it says, for everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. See, nobody is hitting you up, young person of God, or this goes for anybody who is in God right now. And you feel like the closer you get to God and the more you try to set yourself uh, apart for God, it seems like nobody is friends with you no more. Nobody's calling you no more. Nobody's inviting you anymore. Well, let me tell you why. Because you're not offering them the lust of the flesh anymore. You don't have that to offer them anymore. You don't have the, you don't, you don't offer them the lust of the eyes anymore. You don't offer them the pride of life anymore. So that's why you, you, you can't hang out with these people no more. That's why they don't invite you anymore. You don't offer that to them. Your company doesn't offer the things of the world anymore. And you see, it says those things are not from the father, but from the world. Your desires are changing, young person. Your desires are focused on God. So I'm telling you right now, get used to your phone being dry. Get used to not being invited to certain places with old friends. This is why it's so important. I know we live in this generation and this new age generation that, you know, uh, you can uh, be an isolated Christian, an isolated believer, but that's not true. You need to get yourself amongst believers. You can't do this thing alone. Get yourself amongst a group of believers. Submit yourself to some authority. Submit yourself to a church. Submit yourself to some elders. That's one thing I uh, I always want to tell the youth. Don't be rebellious in your young Christian faith. Because then you're going to have to learn a very hard lesson from God. This world like to teach you guys to be rebellious against anything that has authority. So that's why a lot of young people tend to stray away from the church. Why? Because the church comes with authority. It comes with rules. It comes with accountability. It comes with standards. Submit yourself to those things. ASAP. Because if you don't, your phone being dry is going to start to play with your insecurities. 
your phone being dropped, people not inviting you, is going to start playing with your mind. It's going to start playing with your ego. And before you know it, you're going to succumb to the pressures of this world. You're going to succumb to the lust of the eyes. You're going to succumb to the pride of life and the lust of the flesh. See, there are so many blessings, young people, with submitting to the authority of God. Submitting to the elders. There's so many blessings and protections that comes with that. So many blessings that come with that. So many wolves that you can uh, skip past. So many lessons that you can bypass by just submitting yourself to the authority of the church. See, the church has been here way before you. And I know you got brilliant ideas and I know you feel like you're different. And I know you sometimes you may feel like uh, you're just special and set apart. But the church has been here before you. And it's going to be here after you. Submit yourself. The Holy Spirit wanted me. I don't know. He wanted to go there. Submit yourself to the authority of God's church. All right. Let me read you another verse. And this is uh, for all the believers out there. This is for all the believers out there. It says in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. There's going to be broad ways to get to destructions. There's going to be so many ways that this world is going to offer you to destruction. But God tells us to enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. Ask yourself, are you that many? Self-examine yourself and ask yourself, hey, is I'm that many who loves to enter the road that leads to destruction? And to be honest, the road to destruction is very fun. It's very entertaining. It's lit. Yes, it's turned. It's very flashy. It's appeasing to the flesh. It looks good to the eyes. That road to destruction is very enticing. And many are entering it daily. Some went to church yesterday and they enter it on Monday, the road to destruction. They left church and they said, oh, I'm going right back to the destruction. But that was a good sermon, though. That was a good sermon, though. And, 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 and look at what God is asking of us. A lot of people are looking for the will of God. Look at the will of God. 
he's telling you to enter through the narrow gate. See, some some of you guys, believers tonight, the will of God for your life is just get off the road of destruction. That's the will of God for your life right now. Before he sends you a husband, before he sends you a wife, before he sends you across the world, before he sends you your house, before he sends you your ministry, before he sends you, you know, a big prophetic message. The will of God for your life is just, hey, can you get off the road of destruction? We ignore these things. We skip over these things and it's like we say, oh, okay, God, that's 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 cool, but tell me about my 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 future, God. He's like, I can't even tell you about your future because your future seems like it's gonna be destruction if you don't listen and turn. That's what your future is. It's destruction, son. It's destruction, daughter. And just like I said in Jeremiah, I sent my prophets to tell you again and again, but y'all not listening. See, the modern day Christian don't want to hear this, that the road to God is very narrow. That's why your phone has got narrow. That's why your friends has got narrow. That's why places that you can go to, believer, is got narrow. That's why the people you can talk to believe it, it ain't got narrow, didn't it? Yeah, it's going to be like that. The television shows that you can watch, it ain't got narrow, huh? The music you can listen to, it got narrow, huh? Certain jobs you can work at, believer, it ain't got narrow, right? That's what happens. The road begins to get very narrow when you start to follow God. It becomes very tight. It gets intense. It gets intense. See, when you're working out, when you find yourself really working out, it gets intense. It becomes very crucial. In verse 14, he says, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. Check it out. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to that leads to life. He's telling you small. Now we live in a generation and we live in a culture that if it's not big, it's not successful. Hmm. Oh, thank you, God. But he's telling you the gate that you got to enter in is small. We don't want to hear nothing about small in our culture. You got a small following. You got a small con uh, congregation. You got a small bank account. You got a small house. You know, you got people sometimes they don't, uh, some certain women won't date you because your car too small. <laughs> they like big bodies. <laughs> and it's true. But God comes along and gives us this upside down gospel that's so contrary to the world that we live in. But small is the gate and narrow. Again, they go that word narrow. 
the road that leads to life. We have taken narrow, and guess what we call it? Boring. See, your life has got narrow, but you calling it boring. It's not fun to you. Because what's fun to us, if we honest about it, is destruction. You have got addicted and hooked on destruction. It's like crack to you. It's like heroin to you. You have got hooked on destruction, my child. And as I put you on a narrow road, now you start fiending for more destruction. You're itching for more destruction. Because the narrow road to the modern day Christian is boring. It's not fun to us. If we're honest with ourselves. But check this out what he says. And only few, only few find it. The road to, that leads to life, he says, only few find it. I, I, honestly, I want us and everybody who listens to this to be that few. This life that I'm living, I want to find the, the road that leads to life. I know it may look boring to you. I know it may look like I'm not doing anything to you. I know it look like I'm, I'm not uh, living my best life, but I'm on a road. Okay. I'm on the road and I'm very focused and I'm determined to stay on a road that leads to life. So whatever I got to narrow down, whatever I got to make uh, small in my life, including myself, mm, get that believer. Even if I have to make myself small, I would do it if it leads me to life. Some of you guys, you're making yourself too big. You're making yourself too broad. Yourself alone is leading you to destruction. Why? Because you don't want to be small. You just have to be broad and big. Your own desires is leading you to destruction. Your own clout is leading you to destruction. Have mercy. That's really all all of us can ask for, right? Have mercy on us, God. Teach us. Teach us your way, God. He's saying, in order to teach the way that I'm looking for my people to walk before me, I must tear down, though. I, I got to tear down some things in order to build up. I used to work in construction. For uh, actually, I worked in construction for uh, it was a, a very important period in my life. This period of time is where uh, I really knew that uh, 
my baby uh, was my wife. When I was working in construction, that's when I knew, okay, I'm going to marry her. And that job actually got me the money to get the ring that I have for her. So I always thank God for this construction job because, I mean, I worked there for eight, almost eight to nine months. I was working 12-hour days, uh, seven days a week. And uh, it was one of the toughest times, and I had to be away, one of the toughest times of my life. Uh, but I learned so much working there. And w- what I've learned is that when you're building something, the first thing you have to do, because I was uh, the low, I was I had the lowest job at the construction site, so I was the person who had to pick up all the trash, and then I had to do the dirt work. But God showed me so much during that time is that, first of all, see, when you're about to build something, everything that's in this ladder, everything that's that you see now has to come down. And then you got to throw all that away in the trash. And that was my job. Every day, 12 hours a day, picking up trash, throwing away the old stuff. So what? We can build the new. So you can build the new. And then you had to lay dirt work down and you'll go over the dirt work and and, and then you'll have to water the dirt. And then every time before they start to build, the inspector will have to come out and check it. And that's when you get the okay to start building your new project. See, some of us, We're trying to build without God expecting it. We're just trying to hurry up and build something. Why? Because we want to look good or I don't know, we want to seem like we're doing something. But I want you to know God always, he builds on solid foundation. And if it's not built on solid foundation, we already know what's going to happen. Hey, it's like seeking sand. When the winds, when the thunderstorms comes against that house, it's coming down. It's coming down. So allow God, young person, and uh, especially my young people, you're in the, the perfect time to allow God to tear your mindsets down begin to tear your you know uh, what you believe is true down the strongholds in your life the bondages allow God to begin to tear it down because I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be very honest with you when you become 30 and 40 and 50 it becomes very hard I mean it, it takes miracles and you can ask your elders you can ask your elders. Ask your elders when you go to church or when you're around uh, older believers, ask them how hard it is to allow God to begin to tear down the strongholds in their life. It's very hard. I'll, sometimes, you know, it can take years, man. God can do it because with God, anything is possible, but that's when the warfare begins. So again, young person, I just want to encourage you, continue to walk that narrow path. Uh, I'm not here to 
I can't sit up here and let you, you know, always go be little. It's going to give fun. It's going to be narrow. It's going to be tight. It's going to be intense. Uh, And the devil is going to try to do everything to get you to turn your back on God. You at war. You at war. And just because you're young, you know, doesn't mean uh, you can't do it. You can't do it. We send our young people off to war to fight uh, battles for America. And so that tell you right now, I know we can fight. I know we can stand. I know we can win. All right. I'm going to keep on moving. So I just want to talk to the young people real quick about that. Uh, this next thing I want to talk about, I want to give y'all a brief background on how the underground started. You know what I mean? Just a brief, brief background, because, again, uh, I know we have a couple of people here live tonight, but I'm going to read some things to you guys and let you know, man, the underground is in so many places right now because of what God word does when you sow the seed it's gonna come back 30 60 at 100 fold and so I just want to give people a, a brief uh background of how the underground started real quick and let me read a couple of verses if y'all don't mind I'll read a couple of verses uh, real quick and Matthew chapter 13 in verse 31 and 32 it says here is another illustration jesus used the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field it is the smallest of all seeds but it becomes the largest of garden plants it grows into a tree and birds come and make nests in its branches it's what the kingdom of God is like. It's like, he says, it's like sowing a seed. And as you water it and work it, it begins to grow into this large garden plant. And birds come make its nests. People come to rest in it. They get fed from it. They get shade from it. They get protection from it. You know, that's what the kingdom of heaven is like. Okay, so how this started was uh, me and my wife, we was uh, going to this church called Kingdom City in Houston, Texas. And one day the pastor was preaching and he was talking about how to evangelize to your neighbor. He was talking about evangelizing to your neighbors. And me and my wife, we was living in these uh, apartments at the particular time, right? And so I remember we so we left and she came home and she was just saying like, hey, so I want y'all to see first off, you see the seed that the preacher preached was sown into my wife. Okay, that's the seed. Now watch how it grows. Oh, so, so she said, hey, uh, I think we need to start, you know, I want to reach out to our neighbors. We need to, you know, let our neighbors know about who God is. And me and my wife got this real good duo is whenever she says something, 
it's like all I tell her to do, all right, cool, make a fly, make some cards, because I'm the uh, person who can just get out there and, you know, I'm going to go pass it out. That's my thing. Her thing is producing it and making it happen, you know, giving me something in my hand that I can take to the people. So that's what we did. That very uh, next day, she made some flyers. And so I used to go to the gym and I'd be riding my bike or I'd go running. And I just started passing out. We uh, we decided, okay, we're going to do Bible studies every Wednesday at our apartment. And whoever come, they come. Whoever don't come, whatever. But we wanted to let God know because that's our ultimate goal. It's not numbers. It's not people. Our ultimate goal, to be honest with you, is to let God know, hey, God, we hear what you said, and we want to be obedient to it. That right there is success for the believer. Let me say that again. Being obedient to what God tells you is success. That's what success looks like. Not followers, not your bank account, not how your house look, not how your car look, not how your pictures look, not how what job you work at, not what vacations you go on, not how your closet look, not how your shoe game look, not how your body look. The true success of a believer is when God tells them to do something, they do it. Being obedient to what God tells you to do. You're successful. So that's what happened. And so we uh we told we had a year lease and we told ourselves and we told God, okay, God, we're gonna open up our home for Bible studies every Wednesday. And so every day I go to the gym, I, you know, I meet people and I meet people. Now, let me tell you something. Out of the whole time <laughs> that we uh I was passing out these cards and passing out these flyers, only two people from the apartment came. <laughs> only two people does that now to the world that would look like what man y'all need no i was so happy to pass out the uh flyers no matter what because i knew this is what god told us to do right and so uh so as we start doing those bible studies uh my sister and my uh, lovely wife down here, right? Uh, they're here now too, by the way. They start telling me, hey, you need to start doing Zooms or you need to start recording. Now, I was very, very resistant to that. Very resistant. And, and probably because of my insecurities or I didn't, I just don't like being on camera. I don't like being recording those type of things. And I was like, no, nah, you need to do that. So again, I heard, you know, I just know God was saying, hey, have faith, believe. So I say, cool. And so we started doing that. And uh, our good friends from San Antonio, they're on here right now, been down since day one, Anthony and Teresa uh, Castillo, my sister, my wife, and shout out to Jamal and Jess, they in Florida and Miss Abby. Those are the ones, I mean, every Wednesday, 
that's who uh, God had me preaching to for a year straight. Every once in a while, we'll get new people, you know, every once in a while. But for a year straight, it was only about five to six people. Five to six people. But God was preparing me. And every week he wanted me to preach to his people like I was preaching to. I don't I don't like a million people because those six souls. Bishop, pastor, evangelist, churches, those six souls. Was important to God. Remember what he said in Luke. Heaven rejoices over one sinner who repents. Over one sinner who repents, heaven rejoices. One person. See, but in our generation, in our modern day society, little numbers is not a success for us. We see that as failure. But we don't despise a day of small beginnings. We don't. So, yeah, every Wednesday, that's what we was doing, man. We was doing that. And so uh, doing that, doing that. Now, I want you to see, see, God already knew about the underground. See, we as believers sometimes want these big prophetic things to happen in our life, but we want to skip being a student and go straight to being a teacher. We want to skip being in, in the back of the line and go straight to the front. But God already knew about the underground. But he was preparing me with the little Bible studies. Let me see how you act with the little Bible studies first. See that little, see that business that you got right now that you think is just not surviving or it's, it only got a little customers. Who you think gave you that? Oh, come on now. Let me talk to a generation who think plenty is successful. You get drunk off plenty, not knowing that the small is from God. And the way you treat the small, God already know that's how you go treat the big. The way you being unthankful for the small, God already see that you go be unthankful with the big. You better treat that small like it's your last and like it's the best thing that ever happened to you. It was small beginnings. Small beginnings. Okay, let me read a verse real quick. Hope this is blessing some people tonight. So Amos chapter 8, verse 11 and verse 12. It says, the, the days are coming. I had read this one uh, day when I, it was before I was uh, finna do a Bible study, right? A Wednesday night Bible study, I read this. It said, the days are coming, declares the, the sovereign Lord. He says, when I was sent a famine through the land, not a famine of food or a thirst for water. Now, understand, this is when the COVID thing was going on, too. This is when this message was just uh, birthed in me for some reason, God uh, did. 
It says people will stagger from sea to sea and wander from north to east, searching for the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. Man. And God just started telling me about the famine that's coming to America for his word. I was like, what? He said, there's a famine coming. I'm showing what it looks like in the physical. And he was showing me with the COVID and how everything starts happening and things shut down and people start getting scared and all. But he was really teaching me in the spirit when a, when the famine of God comes with his word. That's when you really go see chaos. That's when things really go get hectic. That's when you go see demons start really showing themselves because there's going to be a famine for God's word. Do you see what it said? It says people will stagger, searching, but they would not find it. And I say, God, why they wouldn't find it though? Why you won't let them find it? He said, because when I tried to present it to them, when I tried to invite them, when I tried to call for them, they ignored me. They ignored me. And this is the time when the underground started being birthed in. When the underground started being birthed in. And God, for real, y'all, this, this is so true, man. I never told this story, by the way. So I'm, I'm happy to share this with you guys tonight. So God uh, started talking to me about Harry Tubman. This is real talk, man. And how, and I started reading up on her and I started doing study about what happened with the Underground Railroad. The Underground Railroad. I don't know why he ha highlighted that to me, but I started studying that. And, and, and I read a lot about it and how she started that to free slaves. It was first started, she wanted to free her family. But it did. It just took off, and she wanted to free multiple slaves during that time. Just to make it very brief for you, and God started telling me, "You're gonna be. I'm gonna start something through you. It's gonna be called the underground, and you're gonna free people who are enslaved to sin. That's what we're gonna use the underground for. You're gonna free." people who are enslaved to bondage in a sinful world that they're living in. You're going to use your voice to free people. And, you know, he just started giving me, you know, different ways. To, you know, different, you know how God do, start dropping them thoughts and visions in your head. And what I do, I just went to tell my wife. And, you know, she's very gifted at putting things together. Whoop -de -whoop. That I, I just tell her, hey, do that, do that. And, you know, uh, one of the things I was, uh, God wanted me to do so important because he wanted people to understand it's the word of God that frees. So he was so clear about, hey, don't tell nobody. They don't have to know your name. They don't need to see your face. 
what you have to do with it. I need everybody to know that when they come to the underground, it's the word of God that's freeing them. It has nothing to do with if you preach good or what he look like, or what his wife look like, or what he go, all that, you know, stuff that we do to see if we go listen to somebody or not. It's really sad, to be honest with you, but it's it's crazy that we, like, we got to, like, size people up before we listen to them. Hey, if they talking about the word of God, I'm all ears. I'm all ears. If it's truth, that's what I listen to. I don't care what mouth is coming from. The mouth was created by God anyways. So, yeah, and that's what happened, man. And uh, that's what the underground is for, man, to free people from a mental, spiritual enslavement to sin by the word of God. By the word of God. Now, remember you. Now, remember, I was telling y'all, it started off with just uh, that seed that my wife got from church to evangelize to the people. And by faith, we just uh, jumped out there. And again, that was uh, almost, I think that was three years ago. It was almost three years ago, two years ago. I'm not sure about that. But we put the underground out there. Uh, we put it on Apple, we put it on Spotify, we put them on different platforms. And now, every Tuesday, let me show you where the underground heads to. It's in Houston, Los Angeles, Brussels, Belgium, Dallas, Chicago, Miami, Phoenix, Austin, New York, Sacramento, San Francisco. Portland, Columbus, San Diego, Las Vegas, Mo City, Baltimore, Orlando, Philadelphia, Atlanta, Cincinnati, Stafford, Stockbridge, Selma. Let's keep going. Long Beach, North Hollywood, Mobile, Tulsa, Dayton, Brigham, Alabama. Cleveland, Fort Lauderdale, and some other place in Europe again. And I don't say that to, you know, boast about anything. I'm saying that to see, do y'all see what, what God did? With just simple obedience, without no, no marketing, without no, hey, no showing faces, not people, not nothing. That's how you know it has nothing to do. It's his word. When you preach his word and it goes forth, it doesn't come back void. His word is going to go out and do what he do. Every Tuesday, you guys. So, because my wife knows, you know, she knows how to look at the stats and I don't know how she do it. But every Tuesday, people are downloading. I don't even know these people and they don't know me. <laughs> that's the funny thing they don't know how I look they don't know what <laughs> it's funny that God just it's, it's, it's amazing man and where I'm at right now I'm in a little closet with a mic and a computer on zoom <laughs> yes over 3,000 downloads that's right 3,000 
from from just six people every faithful Wednesday. They was the only ones. And now 3,000 downloads across the world, man. All because simple, a little mustard seed faith and obedience. So why is he, what you telling us that for? God has told you to do something. Ain't nothing special about me. Ain't nothing special about me and my wife. We we sold this and sold that. No, it was just, hey, I'm going to have, a, we had enough faith to say, we're going to believe you, God. And I'm telling you, you have that same mustard seed faith, young man, young woman, man of God, woman of God. That same faith is in you right now. You're worrying about how you go do this. You're worrying about if you have enough money for this. You, man, I'm telling you, just start somewhere. And this is just the beginning, by the way. 3,000 downloads, oh, that's just the beginning. You say, why you say that? Because I know who God is. I serve a big God. I have little faith, but I serve a big God. Period. He told me in his word, if my name be lifted up, I would draw all men unto me. Jesus' name is being lifted up here at the underground. That's why it's 3,000 downloads in counting. In counting. People is hearing about repentance. And, and, and what I what I um uh, what makes me excited is that we'll never know until we get to heaven what's really going on with these downloads, what the underground really did. That's what my hope is in. You know. My hope is in seeing those type of things being revealed. When he shows me that, when he, when he, you know, shows me the whole plan of what happened when you was doing this. And I know you thought that you was just a prayer person and you just prayed in your closet for all the saints and you thought nobody seen you. And I know you just thought you was just, you know, helping out when you was giving to the widows and you was helping out when you was helping with the homeless. And when you went to the prisons and when you was just a prayer person and when you just worship and really nobody heard you, but I want you to know, Hey, there's people rejoicing in heaven because of your gift. Because of your gift. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. That's all I can say. We, de we never know the impact, man. You never know the impact. Mothers, you never know the impact you have on society 
on the world based on how you raise your kids. You never know, mother. Stop taking that role lightly. Mothers. Stop making the devil think that your role is not important. Mothers. Your role is affecting schools right now. Your role is affecting societies right now. They're affecting neighborhoods right now. They're affecting colleges right now. When you do your role in the homes, mothers and fathers, do it for God. Everything we do, we do for the glory of God, right? So that role that you may seem sometimes is so insignificant. Won't you change your viewpoint and do it for God? And it'll become big to you. It'll become more important to you. I'm gonna read a couple of more verses. Uh, okay. In Genesis chapter nine and verse seven, it says, as you, as for you, be fruitful and increase in number. Multiply on the earth and increase upon it. Let me read that one more time. As for you, be fruitful and increase in number. Multiply on the earth and increase up, up, up on it. Okay. Leviticus chapter 26 and verse 9. It says, I will look on you with favor and make you fruitful and increase your numbers, and I will keep my covenant with you. I will keep my covenant with you. God wants to talk to people real quick who you're always feeling like you're being used by people. Okay? You feel like people are using you. You feel like people are taking advantage of you. You feel like everybody is always calling you when they want something, but you can't call them when they want something. They just use you for your resources. They use you for your gift. They use you for their probably your money. They use you, use you, use you. And that's how you feel. And I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to you, congratulations, your prayers have been answered. You're becoming more like God. You're becoming more like Jesus when people begin to use you. When you're fruitful, when you begin to multiply, when you begin to have favor, you're going to be used. Think about it. When you got hired at your job, your job is using you. Why? Because you're in a place of a, you're effective. They're using you for your talent. They're using you for your knowledge. Your job don't love you. And 
we're starting to think that when people use us, see, again, it's all about changing your viewpoint and doing it for God. People are using you because you're fruitful. People are pulling on you because you're anointing. People are pulling on you because I think you forgot that you prayed a prayer and you said, use me, dear God. <laughs> and he said, okay. So they are using you. They see that you are fruitful. They see that you have multiplied. So they see and they say, oh, what, what can I get from them? What? Oh, man, they look fruitful. They look like they got it. Let me use them. And here's the secret. The more you let people use you, the more God gives you. Ah, <laughs> oh, thank you, God. Now, I'm not saying be, you know, be wise in dealing with people. You get what I'm saying? Be wise. Use the sermon. I'm not saying just, just, just give everything away. I'm not saying that. We, we understand that. We're talking to mature believers right now. You know what I'm saying? But I, what, I, what God wants his children to start doing is take it as a compliment. Take it as a compliment. You, you're resourceful. You know what happens when your job can't use you anymore? They fire you. They get rid of you. They have no place for you. God is using you. He's, thank you, God, for using me. You're getting too involved with your feelings about people. You're, giving them, you're getting too mixed in your emotions. Let's go here. Let's go to Matthew chapter 14. Thank you, God. Thank you so much. Let's go to Matthew chapter 14. And I'm going to just start off at verse 13. I'm going to read something to y'all. Thank you so much, Holy Spirit. It says, when Jesus heard what happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitude place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. Do you see that? Now, everybody in this crowd wasn't following him for the right reasons. They was following him to what? To use him. Why? Because he was resourceful. They knew this man can probably heal them. They knew this man can probably deliver him. But did, did Jesus go and tell me, God, they always using me. and I can't stand these people. And uh-uh, I ain't finna be doing that for people. No, that's what he was sent to earth to do. We use God every day. We use him. Let's be real. Some of us use him and we don't even have too much, you know, relationship with him. People using God every day, especially when they get in trouble. Let's keep reading this, y'all. In verse 14, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, what he did, it said he had compassion on them. I know y'all using me, but I'm going to have compassion on y'all. I know y'all just want me to rhyme because I, I probably have a close relationship with God or you see the favor of God on my life, but I got compassion on y'all. I understand. 
I understand. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away. What some of us want to do when people begin to use us. <laughs> we want to send them away. I don't have time for them. That's not my problem. They need to figure it out. This is the uh, attitude of the disciples. In the attitude of most of us sometimes, because what we're disciples and we're still learning. But as we read his word, we can learn quickly. We can get revelations quickly. We get it. Move on from this lesson. I don't have to spend years on a lesson. I get it. Let's move on. I accept truth. I embody truth. I walk in truth. Just like that. And I repeat it over, 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 over again. Just like I'm working out. Over, 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 over again. What starts to happen? You start to see the definition come in your body. You start to see the results. So when you get truth, you take it, you embody it, you walk in it, you live in it. Results. Let's keep going. In verse 16, Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. The people that's using you do not need to go away. Mm. Talk to us, God. It says you give them something to eat. I've given you something to eat. We're talking about spiritual knowledge, spiritual food, spiritual words, spiritual healing, spiritual mercy, spiritual compassion. God said, I have given you something to eat. Why don't you give them something to eat? That's why they're trying to use you. They see that you have something. But you're so caught up in your feelings, believer, you think they're trying to get over on you. Get over on what? We act like we multi-billionaire uh, uh, companies out here. What they trying to get over on? Get them that five dollars and, and leave it alone. Why are you calling them back over that twenty dollars? They still haven't paid me back. Eh? <laughs> Let them use that twenty. Let me keep going. But I love. Did you hear what God said? He says you give them something to eat. You give it to them. Let me invite them to my church. No, 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 no. You don't have to do that. Right now, you give them what they need. Some of us are so starved, though. Some of us are so empty. We can't give the people what they need. We got to wait till Sunday to get filled up. We should already, always, listen to me, believers. Listen to me, soldiers of God. We should always be prepared to feed the people. We should always be prepared to feed the people. You, woman of God, man of God, you don't have to send them to your bishop. You don't have to send them to Sister Williams, the Dick, Deacon Willie, to lay hands. No, you can do that. All right. He says, we have here only five loaves of bread 
and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people. He directed the people who was using him. He directed the people. These people was using him to get some food. Let's be real. These people weren't following him to get, uh, you know, get the gospel to repent. How you know that? Because when he was at the cross, they was all gone. So these people was just using him for his miracles, using him for his fish, for his bread to get his, uh, they wanted their sisters healed. They wanted their sisters to get some jobs. They wanted their brothers to get a wife. They wanted their sisters to get husbands. So they was just using, hey, Jesus, can you do this for me? Huh? Can you do this for me? They was using him. But he ain't getting his feelings about it. He directed the people. He said, hey, check this out. Y'all sit down on the grass. He took the five loaves. He took the fish, looked up to heaven. He gave thanks, broke it, gave it to his disciples, and the disciples gave it to the people. They all ate, and they were satisfied. And the number of those who ate was 5,000 men, besides women and children. And you complain about the one person who you think is using you. What are you? What am I saying? This is the life of the believer. People pulling on you all the time. Pulling on your gift. Pulling on your anointing. Pulling on your personality. Pulling on your conversation, pulling on your wisdom, pulling on your love, pulling on your forgiveness. Some of you guys right now, you got people that you always got to forgive. They're pulling on it. The life of a believer. Give me 15 more minutes, you guys. Give me 15 more minutes. I'll get you guys out of here by 830. I promise you. Well, let me not say that because I don't want y'all to be like, what? Let me talk to the women of God. If the man that you're with is not working for you, get another one. Let's break it down. If you have a car, right, and it keeps breaking down, it keeps costing you money. It keeps costing you your energy. It keeps costing you your peace. And it's not taking you anywhere. Why are you keep complaining about something that's not getting you to your destination? Won't you get a new car? Won't you tell yourself that it's time for a new one? I'm talking to my sisters in Christ. True believers, by the way. I'm hearing too many sisters in Christ 
complaining about a man that they're with. You're hurting your own walk. And I have scriptures to give you tonight that the Holy Spirit wants you to really digest. Because when you complain, you're starting to speak death over your life in the spirit. When you can continue to complain about a situation, now you're speaking negativity over your life. Okay? I'm going to go to some uh, particular verses for you real quick. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29. Now, again, the, the person that you're with and when you complain about it, now it has you being disobedient to what God wants from you. What God wants coming out of your mouth. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29, it says, let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth. See, you're in a situation that's allowing Corrupt talk come out of your mouth. It's having you be disobedient to God. Let's not even focus on the man now. Let's just focus on how this situation is having you talk. See, we ignore these words, woman of God. We ignore these things. Why? Because we're so caught up in a relationship that we're ignoring simple instructions from God. The modern day Christian woman is ignoring simple instructions from God. He says, let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up. that it may give grace to those who hear. The more you tear down that man with your mouth, the more you're ignoring what God says to do with your mouth and you're supposed to be building up with your words. Let's keep on going. Now let the Holy Spirit really speak to you, okay? Let the Holy Spirit really speak to your heart about this. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 36. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. Now, that man has you speaking careless words that God says you're going to have to give account for. What the Holy Spirit wants you to do is get away from people that has you being disobedient with your mouth. Tear yourself away from people that you're going to have to give an account for because you're always talking about them. You're always complaining about them. Again, to my modern day Christians, women, you can't ignore these verses and then ask God to bring you a husband and then ask God to bless you but you're ignoring simple instructions. 
can we take it to the corner, please? Can we take it real so we make it simplicity for you? We're going to make it very simple. Your boss, they give you simple instructions for a task. Can you just ignore them and do your own thing? No, you can't do that. You can't. So you can't ignore these simple instructions. And there's a reason why we're going to get to the end of why I'm talking about the mouth of a woman. Okay. Another verse, it says in Psalms chapter 19, Psalms 19 and verse 14. I'm going there right now. Hold on just a moment. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock in my redeemer. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. See, your mouth is connected to your heart. And when you talk like that, you're revealing your heart. And I told you, the woman is the first teacher of our society. So when we see kids talking like that, the meditation of your heart is coming out of your mouth. Stop complaining about that situation if it's going to have you being disobedient to God. Let's keep on going. You got to receive this. You have to receive this tonight. Because God has been very upset with the mouths of his women. We cannot talk like this in private. Okay? I'm serious. We can't talk like this in private and try to praise in public. God is the God of secret places. He has eyes everywhere. He has ears everywhere. The, the eyes and the ears of the Lord is in all places. Watch your mouth, woman of God. In Psalms 101, Psalms 101 in verse five, whoever slanders his neighbor secretly, I will destroy. Whoever has a haughty look and an arrogant heart, I will not endure. Let me tell you how this looks. You're with him, woman of God. You're with him physically. But when you leave, secretly, you're slandering him. And when you slander, you have a haughty mindset. That's why you're slandering him. You have an arrogant look about you when you talk like that. When you slander this man that you're with. And God says, that type of person I will destroy. That type of arrogant tone, that type of arrogant heart. He said, I'm not going to strive with that. I'm not going to endure that. 
when I'm trying to get again, when I'm trying what the Holy Spirit wants you to get you to focus on is you're allowing that relationship or you're allowing this man to have you be, be disobedient with God. Forget the physical part that you're being disobedient. Forget that it's not your husband. You're just having him being disobedient with just your mouth. We have to be able to tell our people this. I'm going to go a couple more. Titus chapter 3 and verse 2. Let me look that up real quick. Y'all doing all right? I know it can be tough sometimes when we, uh, you know, uh, talk about these things, but they got to be talked about. So, I'm 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 gonna let those verses sink in. I'm gonna let those verse, verses sink in. There was a couple of verses right there, and I think that 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 hit the hearts of certain people who need to hear it. I understand that uh you know the battleships that we are in right now. I understand some of us get hooked in them, some of us get tied into them, some of us have soul ties in them, but. The, uh, in all seriousness, I want you to see how that relationship has took you from, you know, you probably was walking with God very closely, but all of a sudden, you now you're just being very disobedient, for not to the man. A man comes and go, but your mouth has you being so disrespectful to God. So disrespectful to God. You know what I'm saying? Woman of God, always understand that your mouth is your greatest weapon. It has the power to speak life or death. We know about Proverbs 18 and 21. The power of the tongue speak life or death. That's what you have. You have that. But in our modern day society, we only want to speak life into businesses. We only want to speak life into degrees. We only want to speak life into money. Or we only want to speak life into our future husband. Speak life right now over your relationship with Christ. When the last time you done that, woman of God? You're speaking life over all these things that's going to pass away. Speak life into your relationship with Christ. And do it every day of your life. When you begin to do that, you don't have time to slander people. You won't have time to gossip about people. When you speak life, 
into your relationship with Christ. Understand that you have that power in your mouth to do that. You know what your mouth can do. It can build a man up. It can build a society up. It can build a community up. And you know what it can do when it's mad. It can tear some things down. And as the scripture says, God don't deal with that. Woman of God, understand the price a man of God has to pay daily to have fellowship, not religion with God. So you see, woman of God, if you're praying for a man of God, if you're asking God to, you know, bring a man of God your way that you can submit to or marry to or, you know, be with for the rest of your life, that's beautiful. But please understand the price a real man of God has to pay. That just doesn't come cheap. A man of God is just not growing on trees. You really need to get before God, ask him to reveal and show you what a real man of God has to pay daily. The reason I'm saying this, because when you understand what he has to pay, then you will understand the price you will have to pay to be with a man of God. There's a price that needs to be, that you're going to have to pay. There's no getting around that woman of God. There's nothing getting around it. You are going to have to lay down your feminist life to be with a man of God. You're going to have to lay down your boss chick life to be with a man of God. You're going to have to lay down your independent woman mindset if you want to be with a man of God. The price that you're going to have to pay for that. But one thing I do know, that y'all do know how to pay high prices. I see it with the house that you get. I see it with the cars that you get. I see it with the hair that you get. I see it with the red bottoms that you get. I see it with the purses that you get. That you do know how to pay high prices for things. But when it comes to a man, you want that for cheap. It doesn't work like that. A real man of God, there's a high price that's going to be paid for that. So you got to ask yourself, woman of God. You got to get before God, woman of God, and ask, are you willing to pay that price for that man of God that you're asking for? And what is going to cost you? Your life. Your life. Majority of the modern day Christian women, you have a feminist mindset and not a Christ mindset. 
That's why you're seeking all these things. That's why you're in bondage to all these things. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. A feminist mindset wasn't in Christ Jesus. An independent mindset wasn't in Christ Jesus. You have to start working on these things. And if you think I'm just being, uh, you know, why is he getting on the women? <laughs> you can go through my whole podcast and you'll see me banging on the man all the time. Just love to get, I think the Holy Spirit loves to give women love too, by the way. I end off with this. Most women, most, I didn't say all, most women in today's society would turn down Jesus Christ himself if he was to come up to you and ask, hey, what's up? You know why? Because he was a carpenter. Most women in our society today won't even take Jesus seriously because he was a carpenter. He, you would have told him he would have had to make some extra money. Do he want to go start his own carpenter business? You wouldn't have been satisfied with Jesus himself. That's where the minds of our women are at today. Jesus himself can come. And that wouldn't satisfy you. Seek God. Seek God. Seriously. Turn from this modern day Babylon Christian, it's, it's sickening, man. I'm, so, I'm just saying it like it's sickening. It's disturbing. The way I see people treating God. And I, I guess because we live in a feminist society that we can't say nothing to women these days. But no, the way y'all treating God these days is sickening. He's not a sugar daddy. He's not someone you can just talk and throw him to the side when you're tired of him. Stop treating my God like that. Seriously. Get your mind right and get your heart right. A judgment will come upon your life. Stop treating God like that. He doesn't care about your degrees. He doesn't care about your business. He doesn't care about your lashes. He doesn't care about your house. And he doesn't care about what vacations you've been on. Stop treating him like that. Seriously. Thank you for coming out to the underground a place to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground. Who am I? I'm just a voice of one calling out saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Thank y'all.